It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Loretta McNary Live. Today is Thursday, January 10th of 2013, so we are 10 days into the new year. I know a lot of people have made those resolutions and set goals and said, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, um, I hope you guys are doing good on that. I really do, but I do encourage you all to um, take advantage of workshops and uh, personal coaches so that they can help you continue to keep that momentum so that you can accomplish those goals. And speaking of accomplishing goals, our topic today, um, well, our guest today is Stephanie Powell. She is an author. She is a survivor of of a tragic domestic violence um, thing, uh, accident. Well, it wasn't an accident. It was planned. Try not to give too much away as I introduce her because I really want her to share her story because, um, oh, my goodness, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. Everybody, welcome to Loretta Missionary Live. This is Stephanie Powell. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I read your bio, and um, we have the book. I think it's at the studio. I hadn't had a chance to read it yet, but I've read enough about you to just say, girl, you are definitely an overcomer. You are um, you're an inspiration. You are definitely an inspiration. So I thank you for sharing your story with the world. Hello? Stephanie, are you still there? Well, while we wait on the reconnect, let me see what's going on. Yeah, she's she's still holding. Uh, We've been having some technical difficulties here, so if you all will stay with us. I think she's having to call back in to the show. Hello? Yeah, there you are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sure what happened. I'm like, I'm hearing you talk. <laughs> but we lost the connection. I know. Now we have it, so I don't want to waste any time. I want you to kind of um, share your story, and I guess I, I do have a ton of questions. Oh, my goodness. I have so many questions. Okay. So I'm, I'm assuming that you received the book on time. Um, I have not. I don't know if the producer has received the book and how, you know, I don't know. I don't think we've gotten it yet because they haven't said that we got it. But I did have enough information. We've gone to your website. We read your bio and your press release. So we know enough to be dangerous. How about that? Okay. (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) So um, it's so interesting that you're sharing this story because I I have a organization for girls called Pink Eagles. And just Tuesday we were talking about personal accountability, um, attitudes and the choices that we make that can impact us for the rest of our lives. And now I'm having this in- this interview with you because you you are not a typical, and, and I hate this term because my girls are not at-risk girls, but uh, we do have some that are, but the program is just built for girls who, you know, they help them with self-esteem and leadership development. So you you had a mom and dad because you're 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 just not the typical 
you aren't the typical teenager doing this because most of the time people who are living the life that you shared, they come, you know, people tell them they come from broken homes, they come from single-parent homes, but you had a mom and a dad. Yeah, in in the house 24 hours a day for all of my life until he passed away in, 97, I mean, in uh, 1997. Wow. Okay, so tell me about your story because you had you 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 had a a, a normal I say childhood growing up. You you didn't have you know you didn't come from a single parent household. And I hate that because I'm a single parent and, and my household is nothing like what the media likes to portray. But anyway, so you decided that you wanted something different from what your parents and your siblings were um, doing. Well, my siblings, I had older siblings, and they went into the nursing profession. Um, the nursing profession wasn't my thing. They followed in my mom's footsteps. Um, if you were in my house growing up while she was in nursing school, she was bringing all kind of things home. So <laughs> I shied away from that. <laughs> shied away from that, and I actually followed in the footsteps of my father. You know, he worked for General Motors all of his life, and he was always that entrepreneur because of his parents. They owned, you know, gas stations and you know, um, a whole bunch of other stuff that, you know, apartment buildings, they was into real estate. So he was always had that entrepreneurial spirit. So I walked in his footsteps, and he taught me a lot. Okay. So um, you were normal, you know, as teenage girls go. We want to do what we want to do. And, but then you decide you wanted a fast life. Your your life was going too slow, I guess. I'm just reading, you know, based on what I read that, I don't know what you were thinking, so I can't even interject that. So just tell people, I, I you know. You know what it was? You know, it, it wasn't that I didn't have money because I had money. Um, I bought all the things that I wanted to buy. I had a jewelry store at the time. Um, I was 22 years old. But to be introduced fast money is completely, completely different. I mean, you know, my money is coming in like every week and, it's, you know, hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. And that money that was coming in through him was hundreds of thousands of dollars at one time. So to see a pile of money in front of you, I think it would change anybody. It becomes addictive. I was addicted to the money and the lifestyle. Okay, that's what that's what you wanted. You wanted the fast money, the fast life. But how did that's you right. how did you cover it up? How did um, you? I, just, <laughs> I really. I really didn't cover it up because they they knew that I already had a jewelry store, so they just thought money was coming in the store. I never oh. said, you know, what I was doing or how I was doing it. You know, I just had a great day at the store, and, you know, that was basically it. Um, I would <laughs> never have been <laughs> tell my parents, you know, how deep I got in because I wasn't sure of myself when I started dating the guy that I dated. When I met him, you know, he was wearing a Monty suit, Kenneth Cole shoes, nice-looking guy. You know, he had a um, a nice car, and he didn't represent your average drug dealer or your average high-ranking gang member. That that wasn't the description that I got from him. And okay. three months into it, you know, everything seemed fine. And then the fourth month, everything went into a whirlwind. And keep in mind, he was only on the streets. I had been dating him for maybe like nine months before he got locked up. But... You know, after everything happened, I found out that, you know, everything that we were doing was based on lies. That wasn't even his real name that he gave me. He represented, oh. right, he had a different name. He, you know, said he was a lot younger than what he was. And, you know, because I was into it for the financial gain of it, I didn't do any investigating. I never met any of his family members, if he had any. You know, I found out after um, he ordered the hit on my life that, 
like I said, his name was different, his birthday was different, and I found that he had been in jail since, like, the 70s. He had just got out when I met him. Mm. In so did you know when you met him that he was a drug dealer and also a gang member? Did you know that or any no. of care? Okay. No, I did not know. I found out maybe the fourth month into um, us hanging out, I found out who he was. And the only okay. reason I found out is because we were living separately. I was living in downtown Chicago. He was living in Calumet Park. Um, he called me up and said that it was an emergency. He, needed me, he wanted me to ride with him somewhere. And when I get over there to see what's going on, he came to pick me up at my mom's house. My mom was not impressed <laughs> and <laughs> told me to leave him alone before I even left. I'm like, oh, mom, you know, I got it. I'll be right back. So we went over to the apartment. For some reason, um, the police were called, fire department were called, and they were in his apartment unit. And he needed somebody to go in to see if that was his actual apartment or somebody else. So when I walked into the building and the police were all in it, and I just simply asked the question, like, you know, what's going on? They was like, do you live here? I'm like, no, I'm here visiting a friend. But, I, you know, I was just being nosy. And he was like, uh, don't worry about it, it's a gas leak. So I'm like, okay. But then I heard other officers saying that they had found drugs and guns and money. And one of the neighbors in the building was describing him and the car he was driving. So I immediately exited the building because I knew that was the car we were riding in and let him know, hey, they're looking for you. He dropped me back off at my mom's house. That's how I knew. Hmm. Wow. So, um, when did the abuse start? Was it um, after there, that actually, the, there wasn't any physical abuse in the relationship. Um, he was very controlling, is what it was. You know, he would okay. tell me where to and go. He would abuse. have me followed. Yeah. Right. He would have me followed. But we're talking, you know, twenty years ago, nineteen ninety-two. I've never heard of domestic violence before. I didn't realize right. that I was a survivor of domestic violence until I started writing the book. I'm like, wait a minute, that happened to me. <laughs> yeah, because that, there, yeah, because people don't understand. Uh, we understand the physical abuse of domestic violence, and I don't right. belittle that at all. But there's also emotional abuse. There's um, mental abuse. There's social abuse. So, and all that is inclusive of domestic violence. Right. So I, and, I really and, want people to understand that. Well, he's right. never and hit the, me, but no, he's so and, controlled. And, and the nine, right. In the nine months that we were together, I think he grabbed me one time and shook me. And then the rest of the time was basically controlling me, telling me where I can go and who I can hang out with and, you know, what time to get back. And then in between all that, he had me follow. Oh, wow. So I knew that I was being followed. And I'm like, why do you got people following all that security? Security for what? I'm not doing anything. But that was his way of keeping tabs on me, trying to see if I was seeing somebody else. And he always told me if I ever left him, he would kill me. If I can't have you, nobody else will. That's what he said. Mm. So he was in jail. Right. He was in jail when he ordered the hit. He told these guys that were followers of his, that I was talking to the police and I was going to turn sex evidence against the um, organization and a whole bunch of other lies. So by the time they kidnapped me, they're accusing me of all these things, but I'm actually talking to him on the phone at the same time saying, what are you talking about? And he's asking me who I'm sleeping with. So this is what this is about. You're going to kill me because I'm seeing other people and you're in jail for life? Is that really how this goes? And that's what happened. I was shot um, three times, twice in the head and once in the arm. Left for dead. 
So I watched this trailer, and um, you guys were in the Bentley when this happened, and then they get out of the car and they leave you, and the lady is walking. Um, is that Was that an embellishment, or is that who found you? How were you found? No, um, I actually I reenacted the video how I remembered it, and the lady that's walking up to the car is actually me, and the lady that's in the car is actually my baby sister representing me 20 years ago. So it took me 20 years to write this book, and when I filmed that trailer, it was like me finding myself finally before, finally because for 20 years I was lost. I thought that my identity was stripped from me when I lost my eye. I wasn't able to talk about it. I didn't have conversations with people looking me in my face, or I got offended and violent, you know, if you were staring at me too long. I would question you, what, like, what are you looking at? So it took me 20 years to find myself and to be able to talk about it and be able to stand in front of people and say, you know, I'm still a beautiful person. I'm still who I am, and I've been the same person the entire time. But, you know, I was lost. My confidence and, and, and self-esteem was just absolutely shook. Well, so, I know. Today, yeah, when you were when I was reading some more about you, um, that the bullet is still a bullet is still in your neck, and that's the cover of the book. Unbroken Diaries is the name of her book, and you can find it on Amazon.com and go to her website. You can also purchase the book there. Um, And she is very transparent with her telling this story, so I can only imagine the pages of the book and what's really recovered um, and unveiled there. Like I said, I thank you so much because domestic violence is so prevalent. It is. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. I it's, happening, it's happening all over, and people. some people are not realizing it. It's happening in teen dating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's teen dating. I, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand, you know, what this world is coming through, but abuse against women or anybody in general, just the violence in, in, in our cities is just overwhelming, and, you know, we need to mm-hmm. take a stand and, and do something about it, and it's time to speak up. But it took me it 20 years to speak up. And and here I am. I get out talking, you know, as much as I can. And um, I started a not-for-profit called Advocates Against Domestic Violence. And I go out speaking to young girls. I speak to young guys. You know, I've been invited, you know, several places um, this year alone and last year because the book um, was um, published last year to um, speak out about it and let people know what it looks like. It doesn't have a color. It doesn't have, you know, a size preference. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how much money you have, where it you live. None of that matters. That is, it has nothing to do with it. Domestic violence is what it is. Mm. And we can't talk about it enough. I, I know, um, I think it's, it's November or, or October Domestic Violence Month. I it's October. October. I usually do um, shows on it uh, on my TV show as well, and we cannot talk about it enough. I I don't think we should just wait until October to talk about it when people Absolutely. are living with this day in around. and day out every day. Every day people are living with it and being hurt by it, and those who are out of it they still need you know counseling and prayer because they still are living the after effects of Absolutely. it and or um, just the pain of it when they remember. So we as a nation, I believe, even probably the world, because other countries experience it as well, we have got to do something about it. And this is something that's in our control. It is so I, in our I agree. control. But, you know, a lot of people don't speak up because they're embarrassed. 
for one. And, and, and they're two, afraid. It could be status. It could be kids. It could be the financial support. It could be, I've heard every excuse, but they have to make up their mind to say they have enough. No matter how much you, you know, reach out to them and give them, you know, avenues of assistance, they won't go until they're ready to go. And I completely right. understand that because it took me 20 years to talk about it myself and accept it myself and accept me for who I am. Right. And that's one thing we have to understand as as a friend of somebody who's going through it, as a cousin, a mom, anybody, because we can't make that decision for them. I don't care how much no. you love them. I don't care how much they're being hurt physically, mentally, whatever the abuse looks like. You on the outside cannot determine the time of somebody on the inside experiencing it to leave. And you can't, you got to have a plan. And it's not something that, you you know, we think, well, you just need to leave right now. But you don't understand. No. You don't understand exactly. the rest it's of it. It's, it's, it's a lot of things It's a lot of things involved. Yeah, you have to have a plan. You you really have to have a plan, and you have to, uh, it's timing. And I understand that because I've talked to so many survivors and, and even those who are still victims to this day that can't leave because it's, it's not as easy as just leaving, unfortunately, because you have to, number one, believe they will do what they say they will do. That's the that's, biggest thing. I agree. And that's my whole new motto. They will kill you. They will hurt you. Right. Yeah, my whole new motto is my mission, my plan. I mean, my mission, my purpose, God's plan. There's a reason that I'm here. So I'm representing the, the survivors that are there that, that don't want to talk about it. I'm representing the women that are still going through it that don't have the strength to say enough is enough. And I'm representing the would-be victims because I imagine my mother, what if I wasn't here? I can imagine the pain that I'm seeing on other people that actually lost people to domestic violence. Oh, yeah. So I, I went through, you know, the whole spectrum of it, and, and, it's, and it's truly unfortunate. It really is. We just got to get the messages out there more. And and that goes for male and female because I know women are also um, abusers. Yes, they are. It doesn't care who you are. So we need to get the message out. People need to be healed from whatever the pain was for them that causes them to reach out and cause pain to other people. And so I I don't have the answers, but I know the solution is we all have to get more involved and pay attention to what's going on around other people. Definitely, and be more supportive. Just just be a listening mm-hmm. ear to be able to um, assist, you know, anyone that's going through it. Absolutely. And, and don't, you know, say what I would do. You don't know what you would do if you are in that situation. No no person who's in that situation wants to hear what you would do because it, it doesn't help them because you really right. can't say what you would do if you're not in there. So when you're right. talking to somebody who's a victim of domestic violence, you need to be more supportive and more sensitive to what they're Absolutely. going through because there's no way you can understand. There's no and way you that, can you don't, you, don't, you don't know their background either. They could have seen this in, within their parents. They could have seen relationships, yeah. their grandparents' relationships. I mean, I, I, I think it's more it's, it's psychological, it's, it's mental, it's emotional. You know, it, some, some women think that this is it's okay because this has been going on in their life for forever. Yeah, yeah, that's all they know is so their reality. He loves me because he hit me. If he didn't hit me, I didn't think he loved me because my dad hit my mom. My granddaddy right. hit my grandmother, you know, and so that becomes um, a family's reality. So you still have to be, we know it's not right, but for them, that's how it goes. So there's exactly. no way you can talk them out of 
out of it like that. It takes right. more gotta, than they gotta, that. They got to see more healthy relationships, and I think that's what we're lacking in our in our society. Yeah, because that's the only thing that's going to heal this thing. Fathers well. that are, are actually in the house nurturing their children and not seeing, you know, all that. It was a time, you know, my parents. I I didn't see them fighting. That would, you know, be when we left the school or behind closed doors. That was never displayed. So a healthy relationship is what I've seen. My parents were married for like over thirty years. But some people don't don't have that luxury, and sometimes it is a luxury. Unfortunately, and it should be the norm, but unfortunately it becomes a luxury in this day and time. I, too, grew up with, you know, in a loving home with my mom and father um, raising us. However, a healthy relationship, and I think people miss the mark because they think that healthy relationship and successful marriage, there's never any disagreement or argument. That's not the case. They just seem to handle it. They right. don't you do it have, publicly, have, but there's some disagreement. You can have healthy with two, two single parents that are not married, that are living in separate homes. You can have a healthy yeah. relationship for your child. That's not impossible. Yeah. No, it is not co-parenting, impossible. Co-parenting exists. We have to be able to put our own um, uh, personal issues aside to put the child in front and, and, and give them what they need and what they right. need to see. And they need to see healthy relationships. It's going to repeat the cycle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We need a lot of positive role models to stand up. You know what, I like that you said that, and I do agree with that. We do need more. But I think on the flip side of that, Stephanie, what needs to happen, we need to hear more of those kinds of stories because there are ton of stories for every negative story that we hear about, you know, African-American males or Hispanic males or whatever the stereotype is that people are, you know, putting down. For all right. those negative stories, there are tons of positive stories that can be oh, told. Oh, absolutely. Kind of it's, that it's, out. It's, it's absentee mothers. So there's a lot yeah. of fathers out there that, that that's doing the thing and taking care yeah. of their child and, and, you know, and, yeah, and, and giving them a balance in their life. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't, don't hear it, but it's definitely true. We don't want a male bash. We got a lot of stand up yeah. men out there. We just need some more. Yeah, and I never male bash because I know there are way more stories of those guys who are doing the right thing for the right reasons than there are those who don't. It's just that those who don't get, you know, it's a squeaky wheel. They get their attention. So we have to do a better job of telling those stories and, and telling men, hey, you know what? That's good what you're doing. That, and, and it's unfortunate that we have to say kudos to people that are doing what they're supposed to do. But in this day and age, it, it, like you said earlier, it becomes a luxury. So until we can get everybody to be stand-up guys, stand-up moms, stand-up men, stand-up women, we'll have better teenagers because it's all a, a trickle-down effect. It's a domino effect based on what's going on in the lives of adults. So can you, you remember when the neighborhood, a, the neighborhood would raise their child? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. they, they, that doesn't exist anymore. If you try to discipline someone else's child because they're they're at work or both the parents are going and they're left at home alone, and you try to discipline them, they come back and get on you like, wait a minute, you try to help <laughs> you out with your kid. I was raised in that neighborhood, and that neighborhood, I, it doesn't exist anymore, and I think it's unfortunate. It, it is very unfortunate. But I still think we as adults, as healthy, sound mind adults, hold the key to this. I think if we got more involved and I commend you on starting your organization because it can do a it can do so much work. It can it really is making a difference, Stephanie. Your organization, just the fact that you started it, number one, speaks volumes of your character and your passion. And number right. two, yeah. it's 
it will help people. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my organization teamed up with CLEO. Um, CLEO is a community family center that I go to and volunteer every day. And we teamed up, and we're going to be providing homes, not shelters, homes for victims of domestic violence that are ready to get out. So I am, you know, truly excited about that. We've been teamed up since October. Um, They actually gave me the award for being a victim and survivor of domestic violence and doing positive things out in the community. So I'm, like, extremely excited about it. I just want to be able to get these places to rehab and, you know, get people in, you know, on the positive road back to um, being a productive uh, member of society. Definitely, because they have been, you know, when people are in those in those domestic violence situations, they are beat down so bad that they have no self-esteem. They they just don't feel good about themselves. That's why it's so critical for people on the outside looking in to be very, very sensitive when you're dealing with them, whether it's a professional relationship that you're, you know, helping them professionally or whether it's a personal relationship, especially a personal relationship. Don't beat them up anymore. They know what they're going through. They know the situation they're in. They they understand that, but you have got to love them through it. I'm not saying in a way that where you're condoning them, and definitely not in a condescending way, but just mm-hmm. love them through it. Be understanding. Just, you know, I, be I there to pick up the pieces. Don't turn, well, I'm not going to be her friend anymore. I'm not going to be his friend anymore if you don't leave her. Well, that's not the way to handle it. They're used to people that's walking away. Because you're representing another controlling person in their life. Exactly. So now so we they're going to they're going to shy away from that. Yeah. 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 So the whole more supportive. I'm just so glad we had this time, um, Stephanie. And hold. Um, well, I just share you your website me. information and email how they can contact you. Um, the website is www.unbrokendiary.com, and there's a um, contact me page on there. If you just put all your information in, leave a comment on the website. It comes. Directly to me, and I respond as soon as I can. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter under Unbroken Diary, and on Instagram as well. <laughs> and where can they get your book? I know that I said Amazon.com. Are you yes. any other places? Yes, Amazon.com, or you can purchase directly from my website, which I encourage um, because I'll send you out an autograph copy. Oh, yeah. that That's a perk for ordering from you. You do get the autograph <laughs> copy. I am just very, very um, grateful to you taking the time to spend with us to, to share of, of your life and being transparent so that other people can um, be inspired and know that there is help and that things can change and that they Definitely. will change and that there is an organization available for them, um, your organization plus tons of others. And uh, when they're ready, when they are ready, then they can reach out and find well, um, the help well, they're and support ready, they we are here. That's right. I love that. When they're ready, because they have to be ready. That's how people are ready. When when they are ready, when they have had enough, when they are brave enough or strong enough, even if it's temporarily they get the strength, then they will leave. And then we have to be there as a community, as a family, as a support group to to help them. To support them and guide them. So, you know, we're going to hold self-defense classes twice a month in February to get your strength up and your confidence back and your self-esteem back in order. Uh, We're going to have monthly counseling sessions, uh, twice a month actually. And if we can assist you in getting home, medical assistance, you know, um, transportation issues, we can, you know, provide bus cards. We're we're here to help you get back on track, definitely. Oh, that is so beautiful. 
So beautiful. All right. Well, um, our time is up, but I could spend so much more time talking about this, just trying to encourage people and inspire them and just, again, commend you on the hard work that you've done with um, your own um, life and self-esteem and your, um, because I know you said you were kind of defensive when people would look at you of things where, you know, because of how you looked after your life was almost taken. So thank you so much for the hard work and for dedicating your life to making sure that um, nobody else has to go through that, Stephanie. We appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I hope you get the book soon. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say thank you all so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live, the radio show. We're here every Tuesday through Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.